Hi, everyone, and welcome to Behind the Numbers. My name is Dave Bookbinder. I'm a managing director at B. Riley Financial, and I'm also the author of the new ROI, Return on Individuals. And welcome to the show that digs deeper to understand what matters most in business. If you're an entrepreneur, you probably want your freedom back. Today's guest is going to tell you how to do that. I'm pleased to welcome Pete Moore, who is a business coach and host of the Simplifying Entrepreneurship podcast. Pete, welcome to Behind the Numbers. Thanks so much for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. Pleasure is mine. Please tell the audience a little bit about you, and then we'll jump in. Sure. Well, uh, I'm a, what I call a multipreneur. I've, it's all I've really ever done is run businesses. I currently own some shoe stores, spend most of my time coaching other people and helping them through their frustrations and their, you know, being an entrepreneur is not always that easy. And uh, so that's a lot of what I do these days is chatting people like you, working with simplifying entrepreneurship, working with my business uh, clients and, you know, spending about 20% of my time or so with my shoe stores these days. Nice. Well, I, I know a lot of entrepreneurs who I'm sure are watching and listening and are very eager to understand how they can get their time back. And, and I want to start with you by talking about a book that you're working on. Uh, I'd like yeah. you to share a little bit about uh, what's it going to be about and what inspired you to write it? Well, it's, it's this lifelong journey. Since 1994, I've been running my own businesses and all this other stuff. And, you know, there's certainly been times where... Uh, I've fallen into being overwhelmed and frustrated and all this kind of stuff. And I've always been a systems guy, somebody that thinks about things strategically. And, you know, I, I have frameworks and models and different things that I've always sort of put my, my thoughts into to get them out and be able to work through them. And that's something I started, I've been collecting sort of over the years. And a few years back, I decided to take those and help others with them. I've always helped people along the way. It's always been a mentor and things like that. So I decided to turn it into a business because something I love to do. It's I love chatting business. I love working through strategy. I love helping people through their problems and take them from the transformation of, okay, what is the frustration? What do we need to do so that you can have a better life? And I like to use it in this sort of framework around the idea that you own your business and it shouldn't own you. So that's essentially what the book is all about. And it all surrounds these uh, five P's that I've come up with that uh, really make your life easier as an entrepreneur and sort of give you those freedoms back. Yeah. So I'm going to have to ask you, you can't leave us hanging there. What are the five P's? Sure. Uh, I'll lay them out here and then we can dig into them as, as you like. But yeah. The first one, and it always starts with the promise. And then we have the product or service, if you're a service-oriented business. Uh, and then we have the process, the people, and the profit. And when we align sort of those middle three, the process, the people, uh, and your product to your promise, that's when you can actually start enjoying more profit. And that's when the freedom comes, when you start enjoying more profit, because you can then make choices that you couldn't make uh, earlier on when you didn't have profit, when you were the primary of doing everything. So, you know, it's it's an interesting way of looking at things. And, you know, we can dig into all of those if you like. Yeah, I would. And before I do, just when will the book be available for our audience? Well, uh, it's off at, uh, well, it's, it's supposed to go off here later in the week to um, the next stage. I'm hoping really for an early fall release at this point. Okay. We will look out for that. Yeah. So yeah. 
Pete, the, the, these five Ps, obviously entrepreneurs are consciously aware of each of them. Why do they need to be reminded of them in the construct of this you know, five Ps framework that you talk about? Yeah, yeah. everybody's conscious of them. But, you know, I'll, I'll just pull it off with um, the start with the promise. And so many people haven't realigned their promise in the last couple of years. And I'll tell you, for most businesses, if you've been in business for a while, that promise has changed. The way people buy, the way people look for things, the way people interact, all of those different things. And if you're promised, so here's what a promise is, to put it in very short and sweet sort of language. A promise is, what's your client's problem? Understanding it fully. And then in the middle of that, it's your unique sort of process to deliver. You're unique, not the same as everybody else. Your unique process to deliver the better future. Because everybody buys a better future. And your promise has to take them through the transition of that. And what's happened here is that a lot of people and a lot of businesses haven't updated their promise because they're still delivering their what they deem is the better future that they were delivering two or three years ago, but that's not what the client actually wants anymore or the customer, right? They have a different idea of what that is. So a lot of times what I'm finding with the clients, it's like, we don't, have, there's not a lot to change. Like if you sell insurance, you're still selling insurance, but maybe the promise of delivering your end result to that person has changed a little bit. And there's some tweaking, some massaging, some shifting that needs to happen there because that's where all of your marketing stems. That's where your lead generation stems. That's where your sales have to relate back to. You're pushing always towards your promise. And as the leader, you have to be communicating the promise, not only externally, but internally, so that everybody on your team is has this belief in what we're trying to do and what we're doing so that all decisions right down to the lowest level, level are made made always relative to the promise. So if there's any alignment out there at all, it's not good. Yeah. I don't want to put you on the spot, people. Are there examples of companies that we might be aware of that are, are doing it right in rearticulating their, their promise these days? Anything that you've observed, the way folks have changed in the message delivery? Well, I mean, um, I'll use a big one, which is Amazon. Um, and Amazon, I think, does a great job of delivering uh, their promise, and they've they've changed the way they're they're always looking at doing things. And when you look at a promise, when you look at some of the things, it's like, okay, how can I bring it quicker? Well, Amazon does a good job of that, right? They're always trying to bring things in quicker, delivery quicker. How can I get it quicker? How can I get it cheaper? How can I improve my experience? How can I mean that's all sort of your in your product development, right? So, and your product development or your service development which is the next P, has to be aligned to the promise. So understanding what your promise is, what people want, and the transition you're taking them through. Now we go back and look at, like I just used with Amazon, for example, they're always looking to bring things quicker to you. They're always looking to improve that experience. They're always looking to, you know, what are those things that you're trying to do? And if you haven't tweaked any of those things in the last little while, and I think, you know, here's something that happens a lot with small business owners. They use this word or words, we've always done it that way. Right. Hmm. Yeah. Is that a good thing? Well, sometimes it's okay, but does that preclude you from looking at the better ways of doing How can I bring it better? How can I improve the experience? How can I bring it faster? How can I bring it cheaper? Because that's what people want. And if you're not keeping up with that, your competitors are going to bypass you. Yeah, I actually call out that exact phrase in, in my book, um, 
and it's either you're, you're stupid or you're lazy or both. Uh, so, um, Pete, let me talk to you about the, the people P, if you will. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's a recurring theme that we have not only in this program, but with clients and, and prospects that I'm talking to across the board. The people are the most important asset here. We've got a war for yeah. talent going on. We've got a great resignation going on. And entrepreneurs, historically, uh, at least from what I've seen, are the types that want to hold everything close to them and not relinquish any responsibilities. How do you advise entrepreneurs in building their, their team and selecting their ideal teammates? It goes back to process, um, which is why I had, you know, uh, I've kind of laid these out in this way because you don't have the right process. You can't have the right people and, and you are going to have people resign because they're not aligned. And so this is the thing. How, what, what are the processes within your business and knowing what they are once they're built? And like, I like to say, if you do things more than three times, there should be a process behind it. So I have another little framework called, you should um, address it, What's what problem? You should assess it, what do we need to do to get make it better? You should um, advance it to the point where you're completely good with it and then assign accountability, right? And until you're at that level of assigning accountability with your processes, and there's a lot of processes in your business, right? And this is another area where a lot of small owners lack is the fact that all their processes are in their head. Like you said, everybody, you know, they, they have to make their own decisions and all this kind of stuff. Well, if you're making all the decisions and all of the businesses as the leader, of your, all of the all of the stuff's in your head as leader of your business, then, then you're never going to have freedom, right? And here's the other thing. When you assign accountability, when you get through those A's, of the processes, you're now looking at your at your accountability chart, basically, and you're you're laying, you know, the assignment of accountability. Assignment of accountability doesn't mean you put a name on it on on that person's accountability, but you still make all the decisions. Yeah, Pete. Uh, for folks who are watching and listening that want to learn more about you, work with you, or stay in touch to make sure they get a copy of your book, uh, how do they do that? Best way is really on uh, LinkedIn. Uh, if you're on social, so Pete Moore on LinkedIn or go to my website at simplifyingentrepreneurship.com. Gotcha. So Pete, we only have like a moment here to go. So I'm going to call an audible and ask the production team to roll a commercial because uh, we're at a good break spot. So Pete, you sit tight. Don't go anywhere. And uh, for you watching and listening, we'll be right back on Behind the Numbers after we pay a few bills. Love our new home. Lots of windows, great light. But the birds. They're back. Yes, I hear them. Uh-oh. Why are these birds so angry? At least Geico makes bundling our home and car insurance easy. We save a lot. I'm going. I'm going. Ah! Hurry, hurry. I know, I know. For I know. bundling made easy, go to geico.com.
Welcome. I'm Barry Lefkowitz. I'm your host on New Perspectives on RVN-TV. I come to you each week with issues and topics that you will generally find in the news. And if you're looking to be able to get caught up and know what's going on, then New Perspectives is the show for you on RVN-TV. Look forward to having you. And welcome back to Behind the Numbers. I'm Dave Bookbinder, and today we're talking with Pete Moore. Uh, Pete, thanks for uh, all the insights in the first segment. And we kind of cut you off uh, because of the commercial break here, but wanted to continue where we left off in the the conversation about people. Yeah, so I kind of reeled you back in the process and saying that, you know, we need to have our processes aligned so that we can assign accountability, right? And this idea around the fact that your team actually wants accountability. They want it. They want to be a part of it because when we align this pro, uh, the, at the beginning, the promise, and the leader is always, you know, talking about the promise and all that stuff, you're either attracting or repelling the right people. They either want the accountability to align to the promise and deliver the promise because that they believe in it, right? And this is where you're building loyalty and this is where you're building, you know, the great resignation while other people that are leaving other jobs because they don't believe in the promise are going to come to you because you're always spouting the promise, right? And the other part of the people position that I like to put, so in I, I break down people into a few different categories. One, your ideal clients which I'm sure you've talked about a lot, uh, then your ideal teammates and also your ideal outsource suppliers. They're all anybody else who's helping you deliver your promise. So in my case with footwear, it's like all the brands that we have, all of the different resource suppliers. I have a marketing company that I use. I have you know different things that I use. All of those are part of my people team too. So it's this sphere of influence all wrapped around your promise. And you're either attracting or repelling those people that are either helping you deliver the promise or that are enjoying the benefits of it. Yeah, and we can clearly see how these are all connected, these five Ps. Um, good framework, Pete. Looking forward to seeing it in the book. Uh, but, Thanks, speak, but speaking of framework, we could talk about the five Ps all day, but I want to I yeah. give you an opportunity to talk about some other things and share some yeah, other cool. insights. Um, another framework that I know you mentioned, I've seen on your website, is the Wheel of Momentum. Talk a little yeah. bit about that. Yeah, so the Wheel of Momentum really is this, I, know, I, I like this idea that clarity creates confidence and confidence ignites momentum. And when you look at that, you know, we're always trying to build momentum. And so many, as I said, a lot of what I do is work in frameworks and sort of ideas to get your thoughts out of your head, mainly because I've needed to do it all my career. (laughs) But, uh, you know, along the way, I have the wheel of momentum and I like my P's and C's. It has six C's. So with the six C's and they all go consecutively, kind of like the five P's, but it's everything always starts with clarity. So I'll give you the six C's and then we can kind of play around with the wheel. It's clarity, confidence, competence, cooperation, capacity, and creativity. And when you look at that, you always have to start with clarity. So I had a conversation with a client yesterday and she was not particularly feeling confident about a presentation that she had to make. So I said, in order, you know, the reason that clarity is our confidence is after clarity Well, what we had to do is go back and pull the clarity pins. 
right? So she wasn't confident. So what do we have to do? We have to go back to clarity, gain more clarity so we can build the confidence. And when we've built the confidence to go ahead and have the courage to move ahead, now we're going to build the confidence and write the speech and do the stuff and feel good about it. We're going to have our cooperation that sits in line so that I'm going to give it. We're going to do the speech with the on the TV show. The capacity of that whole thing then increases and now I can be creative again. And you can use this on almost every idea that you do because as leaders, this is the idea that we have to have an idea and most of us as leaders have lots of ideas, but we have to build our confidence around it. And once we have our confidence, then we're going out looking for competence and competence can come externally or internally, depending on what we need to make this idea come to fruition. So if we're looking for external or internal, we have to build the cooperation around this idea, right? And then we're going, once we have that, it's like, okay, this is starting to come together. I'm building capacity and the capacity is going to happen. That's when you're starting to feel like this idea really has legs and we can make something of this. Now I'm back out of the sort of the creation of this idea back into my thought process again of creativity and the idea there is what else could I do now that this is actually an idea that has momentum. So this is that idea. And anytime you're stopped at anything, if you're stopped at capacity, you go back and look for more cooperation so that you can build your capacity, right? Each of these levels is its own step basically. And if you're stopped at that step at that glass ceiling, you got to go back down. And sometimes you got to go back down two steps because maybe you know, one of those steps wasn't quite right. So we go back down two steps and then come back up until we get to capacity again. When we're at capacity, that allows us the freedom to start being creative again. Yeah, and I like that. I like the way you articulated that because I can actually visualize it in my own mind on how it is a, a wheel of momentum um, and totally get that, that piece about creativity where it begins and ends. And you can't be creative without that internal confidence and, and the clarity and so forth. So really resonates. Yeah, it, and once you're at creative again, Dave, then then you start again and you clarify that creativity and you go at it again and it just keeps trucking. Yep. So in the top of the program, we talked about uh, giving entrepreneurs their freedom back. Yeah. Uh, and we've alluded to it by some of these frameworks that we've discussed so far. But yeah. I, I want to ask you, you know, direct the bullet point question here, because, you know, th there's a lot of folks in entrepreneur land who are familiar with what's called the key man risk, you know, the, the discount that they may get in evaluation from an outside investor because, you know, they're the only person that, that knows what's going on inside the business. So yeah. what's your advice for those entrepreneurs on how to make the business self-managing and get their freedom back? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I used to be a business broker, so I, I totally understand that. And, um, you know, I can tell you, you will get multiples if you're not the key person. Uh, and that, that kind of thing, when you look at this, go back to the 5P model and there's work to be done. There's work to be done on the promise. Are you communicating it? There's work to be done on the product. Have you got rid of the lower 10% of stuff that's not actually serving your customer? It's not delivering your promise anymore. It's not just because you've done it all the time that you need to keep doing it. Have you honed down? Have you made them cheaper, better, quicker, faster? And have you are you continuously looking at the new things that are going to deliver your promise better? Have you honed in your people? Have you assigned, have you truly assigned accountability? Or have you just, do you just have their name on a piece of paper, but you're still making the decisions? They need to own certain areas of your business in order for you to relieve yourself of that. And in order for you to get the freedom and potentially the extra dollars if you're looking to sell your business. 
because all of these things combined, people don't buy a business, they buy a cash flow. Most, most investors, unless you're buying yourself a job, like a, if you're buying, you know, a small sort of pizzeria where there's two people or something like that, and, you, and you, you're going to buy a, a, a job basically to work in the pizzeria, that's fine. But I'm talking about when you get into the business side of things, most investors don't want to buy themselves a job. They want to buy a business that runs in a turnkey format. And when you align these things the way we've been talking about and dig down into them and do your homework, that's when you're going to have the freedom to either choose to sell your business or to keep it, which I often find when we go through this, people are frustrated and they're tired of working 50, 60, 70 hours a week. But after we pull them out of this stuff, assign accountabilities and they work, you know, whatever, half day a day in that, in that week, they're like, well, I don't really need to give this up. I'll just keep it as a passive investment. Hmm. That's an interesting idea too. Yeah, Pete, how can folks connect with you if they want to work with you or learn more about you and the forthcoming book? Awesome. Simplifying Entrepreneurship. It's a long one, I know. Simplifyingentrepreneurship.com is the best way. Gotcha. We have about three minutes to go here, Pete, but I want to sneak in one more thing if I can. Yeah. Who should entrepreneurs be surrounding themselves with? Their, their external, maybe informal board of directors in the absence of a formal board. Who are the who are the sounding boards that entrepreneurs should make sure that they've got on speed dial? Well, you know, it's interesting these days, Dave. Um, people can surround themselves with a podcast like yours, right? And there's a ton of great information out there. And if you're continuously learning, if you're continuously reading and understanding and, un, you know, I've got lots of books for anybody's watching it behind me and I read voraciously, but if you don't actually take the action of podcasts like this, of books that you read or of your mentors, which is a big piece of how I've been able to be successful is having good mentors along the way. And by the way, successful people want to help others be successful. Isn't that so it's an interesting thing. Don't be afraid to ask somebody that you admire if they will help you in your workplace, like in, in, you go to them and say, you've been successful doing this. Would you mind helping me through this one area? Almost always they're going to say yes, because they've been there. They've struggled. They've dealt with the frustrations and they want you to get to freedom in an even quicker way. Yeah. Well said. I mean, people are basically decent and while nobody likes to be asked for a job, pretty much everybody loves to be asked for advice. Uh, on that note, Pete, we've got a wrap here. Uh, it goes quickly on Behind the Numbers. Thanks so much for joining us today and sharing your insights with us. Okay, thanks so much for having me, Dave. And make it a great day. Uh, back at you, my friend. Uh, we've been talking today with Pete Moore and helping entrepreneurs get their freedom back. Uh, my name is Dave Bookbinder, and I'm the one that my clients reach out to when they want to know what their most important assets are worth. You can find me on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. I'd love to have a conversation with you. And as always, thank you and the audience out there watching and listening for joining us on Behind the Numbers. We can't do it without you. Please hit the subscribe button, uh, leave a review. It helps to increase the visibility of the program. And like I said, reach out to me with any questions or comments you have about the show or uh, frankly, anything else. So uh, until we meet again next week, I'm Dave Bookbinder and uh, we'll see you. Take care, everybody.